Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. As you can probably tell by now, this is not Michael Cargill. This is Zach History, filling in briefly Michael Cargill. We have a lot of uh, things to talk about today. Let's see. We got concealed carry reciprocity on the docket. We got, do you have to... Bake a cake for a gay guy. <laughs> Let's see. What else we got? Austin is trying to ban bump stocks. But can they? Hmm. I don't know. That's questionable. Hmm. What do y'all think? Can they? No, we can't. I don't know. You tell me. No. You, you say no? No, they can't. All right, so we're going to talk about, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk <laughs> about bump stocks because the city of Austin thinks that they can actually ban firearms. I don't know how, how big they think their cojones are, but we're going to find out. And then also, guess what? HuffPost. The HuffPost says that the concealed carry reciprocity bill is catastrophic for this country. We're uh-huh. going to talk about that. And then also, what else we got? We're going to talk about bake the cake. Should we bake the cake or not bake the cake? Should you have to bake the cake? Should you have to bake the cake? We're going to talk about that. And we're also going to have uh, an attorney from Texas and U.S. Law Shield on the phone. And he's going to talk to us about, well, we're going to talk about a couple of things. You know, I need to know what are the laws that, are sur- that surround uh, domestic violence and then because the the Huff Post says that, hey, you know, there's a lot that goes on with this concealed care reciprocity. And one of those things are stalking. And they're saying stalking is just, oh, it's just going to be catastrophic because you pass concealed care reciprocity. Concealed care reciprocity, what that means is that your handgun license will be recognized in every single state. So we're going to talk about that first. Well, we're going to talk about that as well. So, but first, let's go to, should we bake the cake? Okay. What is that all about? What does that mean? So, it started with, it was a gay couple. They were going in to get a wedding cake. 
And they picked it out and everything. And then the baker who owned the store asked, who is this for? Simple question. And they said, this is for us. And he didn't want to bake it due to religious reasons. And now there's a lawsuit going through over if this is a violation of the Civil Rights Act. And what's more important, free speech or freedom of religion or the Civil Rights Act. Okay. So what's the deal? Um, so that's what's up in the air right now. It's going to the Supreme Court, and that's a big conversation going on this week. All right, so also so. we have joining uh, <laughs> joining us inside the studio, we have Cody Wilson. Cody Wilson is the most dangerous person on the Internet. That's right. He is the most dangerous person on the Internet. And I tell you, we are honored to have Cody Wilson inside the studio today, let me tell you. I'm happy to be here. Oh, Thanks, man, Mike. Cody, I'm, I'm glad you, you joined us today. So what do you think about baking the cake? You know, should a person be forced to bake a cake for someone? Uh, look, I, as I understand the issues here, like reasonable people can disagree about Masterpiece Cake, uh, Masterpiece Cake Shop. I mean, at, at issue is a Colorado statute, as I understand it, not the Civil Rights Act. And uh, the issue was not that he was endorsing gay marriage, but that he wouldn't offer them a certain kind of service in his business, which was in this case a custom cake, which he offered any, you know, any other type of people. And I'm going to tell you, I'm up front right now. I don't uh-huh. think you should be forced to bake a cake. Well, and that's still that's still it. The question is, I say no. The question is, does, is it legal under Colorado law for them to say, okay, you have to you have to offer all your services equally to all people for all reasons? Now, I'm not. I'm not I think if, as a business owner, you have a right to refuse service. I, I think many liberals would agree with you when it comes to oh, anything else. Don't other you than call this, me a liberal? We're going to fight right here on the show. I swear to God. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how the Supreme Court will come down on this. I think Kennedy too has indicated he's on the fence. I think it'll be tragic if they say that you have to perform a certain certain service to no, people. No, I, I think that you have a right to refuse service. So if you decide that it, it's it's within your, you know, your religion, because that's what they're saying. They say, hey, according to their religion, they should have a right to refuse service to someone. Yes, you know, and that's because this is a private business. Now, as the Kim Davis case, when she was working for the for a government agency, that mm-hmm. was different. Exactly, because when you're working for the government, you don't you don't have feelings. We don't care about your feelings. That's a song that was written in the 70s. Okay, so it's not all about feelings. Well, so You've got some notes here. What, what are the finer points of this issue? Because it often hinges around speech, whether a custom cake or not even making the cake itself is speech. Like, what, what are the issues when it comes to the First Amendment here? The First Amendment is when you're making the cake, it's an artistic expression because when it's decorating the cake. Now, if it was just providing a general cake, that's yeah. separate. But decorating the cake for a wedding I'm, specifically look, I'm, is an I'm artistic you expression out. for that baker. You know what? You're gay. I don't want to bake your freaking cake, and I don't want to put anything on that cake that has anything with gay things because that has something to do, <laughs> according to my religion, okay, I disagree with you. I disagree with the fact that you have sex with the same sex. And, let people, and let people know. Um, because if you don't let them know, then the market can't take care of it. All right. So, hey, I mean, right, what's well, wrong with well, that? Colorado had a law, has a law, saying that you can't, you can't then offer these types of services if you're not willing to serve both, you know, serve the public without, in their, in their mind, discrimination. So if you can't offer, if you're letting the public know you can't offer a gay wedding cake, Colorado's law says, well, then you can't offer wedding cakes. And the whole issue is whether that's legal uh, for Colorado to restrict you from doing that if you're, if you're not able to participate that way. And, uh, yeah, I have my personal feelings about it. But I it, think it's more subtle than when I make a cake, that's speech. It's more like, am I <laughs> am <laughs> I able to not make – is it speech when I don't make a cake for you? Is that pro- protected expression when I, when I refuse to make the cake for you? But, hey, it goes against my religion. I'm a Christian. 
And according to my Christian values, I don't think that homosexuality um, is something that fits within my purview of my values. So therefore, I can refuse to make this cake. Right. And so the Huffington Post crowd and the rest of these people say, well, go make your cake at home, but don't try to run a, a public accommodation business. And, and honestly, I'm telling you straight up, if someone doesn't want to make my food, I'm not going to force them to make my food. I've seen the movie <laughs> Waiting. Seriously, I've seen that movie. And I'm telling you, if you don't want to make my food, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. You don't have to make my food because I, you know, I know what happens in the kitchen. I used to work there. I, I'll spit on your crap. I'm telling you straight up. If I don't like you, oh, I'll spit on it. I'll give you a nice good luby. I hope most people would agree with this, but then at the same time, like I don't know about this couple in the in this cake case, but I think, as I understand it, they they went to another cake shop and got their cake, and yes. perhaps were even looking for this type of, as is common with with this movement, they were looking for a, a test case like this. So. Um, one of the guys did say he cried in the parking lot afterwards. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. Well, you know what? Get over it. Not everyone likes you. There are a lot of people I go out here all day long and people don't like me. And 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 so if they don't like me, then that's fine. You don't have to like me. You <laughs> I don't know like what? you. I don't like you when I'm sitting right Ex- here. Exactly. A lot of people don't like me. So that's, you know, <laughs> seriously, you know, that's okay. So you don't have to force Zach. them to make your food, Zach. <laughs> Why are you looking at me now? Because I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, and by the way, someone asked, uh, Ken Schmidt said, hey, how come I don't see no ladies? Well, Ken, you know, because I was going to ask the ladies to show me how hard their nipples were. So they decided not to show up today. What's his name? Ken Schmidt. Ken, why did you assume my gender? Ooh. Ken, you got you got an answer for that one, Ken? Yeah, Ken. Are you saying that you, how do you know we don't have any ladies sitting inside the studio right now? You, you don't know like healthy ladies. <laughs> you yeah. don't know, you what don't does know, that say about Ken? You don't know who he identifies as. Okay? This is a fuller expression of That's femininity right. than. You're gonna wreck yourself before you break yourself. Hey, Ken, go home, Ken. Yeah, go home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh what's the next topic? Okay, so the um the GOP's latest gun bill would be catastrophic for women fleeing abuse. Uh, that's what the Huff Post says. I'm, I'm telling you straight up. Look, do not get your legal advice from the Huffington Post because that's that's a b- bad place to get it. Cause Don't get any advice from the Huffington none Post. None whatsoever. Just <laughs> use it to wipe your butt because that's all it's good for. Just uh, just toilet paper. So the Huff Post says, hey, you know, when it comes to things like domestic violence, when it comes to stalking, they're saying, hey, if you want to stalk someone, you can go to another state, get your handgun license and then cross over to another state and go stalk someone. Let me tell you something. You're committing a crime. Okay, if you want to kill someone, if you want to sexually assault someone, that's all a crime, you know, and and. And there's a whole bunch that that plays into that. And we're going to talk about that a little, little a little later in the hour. We call uh, Edwin Walker from Texas Law Shield because he's going to talk to us about that stalking and also about um, domestic violence. Because there are certain things that you can do once you once you commit a crime, you cannot possess a firearm. Uh, you cannot get a handgun license. And also keep in mind. Just because you go to another state to get a handgun license, then you cross back over to another state where their laws are more more stringent. Then if you commit a crime in those states or commit that crime in those states, you're going to go to jail. So I I don't understand what the argument is. You know, if you cross the line where you commit a crime, you're going to go to jail. All right. So we're going to talk about that. And then also the city of Austin, the live music capital of the world. I tell you, they want to ban bump stocks. They want to uh, they want to come up with more strict rules when it comes to firearms. Well, let me tell you, don't drop the soap. 
<laughs> and all, <laughs> just don't drop the soap. I'm telling you because you cannot come with more rules than uh, you 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 cannot create your own rules when it comes to firearms in the state of Texas. As a city council member, as a mayor, only the legislature can regulate the use of firearms. That's it. So and and, and I don't understand what they're doing. They need they're wasting their time. What the city of Austin needs to do is you need to focus on traffic on I-35. Right now, people are stuck in traffic on I-35. They're stuck in traffic on, traffic on 183. They're stuck in traffic on Mopac right now or Slowpack. And so you need to do something about traffic there. You also need to do something about the homeless situation. Instead of building a library, uh, the new homeless shelter, uh, why don't you do something about those things instead of focusing on firearms? Because that's something you have no knowledge about. You can't do anything about that. What are your thoughts on that? They need to look at their police union contract. Oh, why do you say that? It's just, it's one of the biggest parts of the budget, and you need to make sure that contract's in order. If you don't have that in order, how are you, one, going to have a, a balanced lot of people, budget? Well, a lot of people are stuck on getting uh, these, um, the cameras for the officers. So they're, they're kind of stuck on that. And I honestly don't think that getting a camera for an officer is going to change anything because we've seen a lot of videos where officers were shooting, kill someone and nothing ever comes of it. That still that officer is still not charged, you know, or not convicted of a crime. So I don't think the camera does anything. Or maybe we could test some rape kits. Oh, nice. ones they That's a concept. Nice. The city of Austin needs to test the rape kits. Rape kits. What do you think about that? Are you raping women out there? Is that? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make you say something today. Uh... <laughs> None that don't consent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're going to learn today. Or we could send some DAs to prison that need to go there. Okay. And then um, also with the concealed care reciprocity bill, um, you have, uh, well, you have a couple things with that. The stuff that we talked about earlier and also the fact that, uh, well, you know, we'll get into that later when we get Edwin on the phone. When is Austin going to vote on this? Do you know about that? With the, uh, what, I, haven't, I haven't heard about the, the bump stock thing at all. The Austin City Council adds safety regulations to the legislative agenda. It's just on the agenda. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's on the agenda. So basically, what they're saying is they're actually going to the they're actually going to lobby our Texas legislature with uh-huh. your money, your tax dollars. Uh-huh. So that's to, Gina Hinojosa you know, probably carrying that. Right. They're going to try to lobby them to try to get them to come up with more uh, okay. uh, strict rules when it comes to using firearms. So I ain't going anywhere. No, it's not going to go anywhere. That's because, good. Yeah, it's it's a waste of time. Because they're wasting our tax dollars and focusing on um, issues that are, you know, they have no control over. Instead, they need to focus on issues they have control over, like traffic, Buffles. like sales tax, yeah. uh, the homeless situation. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of things they need to focus on. How about the permit situation? The fact that our permits, you know, it's hard for small businesses to be able to grow or do whatever uh, because they can't get past the permitting process. How about they work on code next a little bit more and code and next actually is a educate people. As a what people? Actually educate people on it. Yeah, because Code Next is really a failure. What's that? Code Next? I don't even know that. The fact that you don't even know what it is. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> That's the problem. That's yeah. the problem. All right. Well, I mean, I own a business in the city. I mean, what is it? Wow. Well, it, Code Next is all about – it's it's a combination of things. It's, it's a combination of, of permits. Uh-huh. It's allowing um, – it's really about density, about them wanting to allow people to you know just do whatever with their, their homes, which is fine. But then they're also trying to push. It's not homes, just businesses. It's, it's a Everything. lot of things, right. a lot of different things. Uh, it's it's a, it's it's a whole. It's a huge package. It's really a huge mess, is what it is. So they 
They got some consultants together and they named this big thing. It's permits. They're trying to brand this it's new zoning. system. Uh, it has something to do with zoning. It has something to do with... Is it online or something? Yeah, it is. It is. is it? it also has something to do with... <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's, good, it's, good luck reading it. Yeah, it's, yeah, just it's, kinda, it's really a lot. It's hard. So to I can ignore it. it. You're telling me I can ignore it. No. Don't ignore it. <laughs> so so you're telling me it. to stop paying attention. No, don't start paying attention because I'm telling you, they're going to pass this code next and then all of a sudden you'll find out that mm. the people that put that the um, the tallest building in this side of the mm-hmm. Mississippi up is also responsible for putting up other buildings and they're on the commission for code next because mm-hmm. they're trying to build more high rises in Austin and all around the city and change the makeup of the city. Get rid of your uh, sidewalks. They're mm-hmm. going to add more bus lanes, add more bike lanes, oh, get rid of traveling lanes. This is all part of code next because no one's paying attention. Reduce cars down to one per family pretty much. What? Actually, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So definitely, you know, check out code next. All right. We're going to talk about that. We're talking about porn stars who, the porn star who hunger <laughs> stuff. Talking about porn stars. Yeah. Porn stars. Yeah. Porn about stars that. on the show. How porn, who's the porn star? August Ames. Okay. Do, do I know this person? Probably not. not male, I, male or female? Yeah, you That's probably female. know. Female, okay. Big tatas or little tatas? Big tatas. Okay. Um, and how did, why did she hang herself? Because she wouldn't have, during a porn scene, she wouldn't have sex with a, a guy who had done gay porn before. And so she was upset by that? And so she got bullied, mm. being called homophobic, mm. even though her reasoning was to prevent STDs, mm-hmm. that, she couldn't, that she wouldn't consent to it. So she basically got bullied into hanging herself. Wow. Self-esteem, low self-esteem. Liberal tolerance. Well, it was a big, big hate mob, big online hate mob. Like all was it of, bad? All of LGB Twitter, LGBT oh, wow. porn Twitter got after her. So now how are they feeling now? Because now that she committed suicide. It's funny. I've been, I've been looking. And there's a lot of recrimination and, and backbiting. I mean, a lot of people that told her mean things at the time to, like, swallow a knife and stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. They're getting chased out, you know, getting reported to Twitter and stuff. Wow. They should get all their accounts deleted and, and blocked it's a lot of it was a lot of mean things said and then everyone's saying look i never would meant for her to kill herself blah blah, blah. so a lot, a lot of hurt feelings on all sides on that one all right so we're talking about baking the cake we're talking about the <laughs> porn star who hung herself we're talking about the austin austin bans bump stocks austin's talking talking about coming up with other gun safety so they call it gun safety regulations we're talking about bitcoin what is that bitcoin price right now about four thousand dollars higher than we yeah, talked about 4, it last 000, week. <laughs> four thousand dollars higher. Let me 15 tell you, grand. when it hits twenty grand, I got a list of people who can um, kiss the the the, <laughs> the the dark side of uh, Michael Cargill. Also, we're talking about the HuffPost concealed carrying catastro- that they said is catastrophic. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Maj Touré. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Sound off on the news of the day with the Talk Poll. Online at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We celebrate Christmas around here. <laughs> I don't even care if you're upset. <laughs> okay, 
All right, so we're talking about a couple things today. We're talking about porn stars. The porn star who hung herself. That's right. That's what I said. And also, uh, Tom, you said, uh, did Michael just say hard nipples? Yes, I did. Because the ladies, I I said today, we're going to figure out, you know, who has the hardest nipples around here. But the ladies decided they weren't going to show up. So they'll be here next weekend, and then we'll do it next weekend. So they don't know it yet, but we'll tell them once they walk into the studio. That's why you keep it so cold in here. That's why we keep it so cold in here. I want to see how hard they are. (laughs) So we're going to talk about that next weekend. Um, Also, uh, today we're talking about baking the cake. Should we bake the cake or not bake the cake? Also, Austin bans bump stocks, and Austin's talking about banning uh, or just coming up with other regulations. They call them gun safety regulations, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to ban firearms is basically what they're talking about because Austin, the city of Austin don't care about gun safety because they're anti-gun. So let's call it like it is. Also, the Bitcoin price. What is that Bitcoin price again, Zach? 15 large. That's right, 15. When it gets to 20, I got a list of people who can – I got something for you to do for me hey, <laughs> when we hey, get to 20. And CME and uh, other groups are allowing Bitcoin futures contracts starting today. So you can now sell Bitcoin futures in U.S. dollars. So it's uh today's a big day and the 17th is another big day. So That's right. Wall so Street what, and Bitcoin meet. So we need to figure out what's going to happen uh because tomorrow the stock market is going to react to that. Uh, today you can start selling contracts on futures. You Bitcoin start selling futures. contracts but then how is Bitcoin going to respond to that tomorrow? That's futures, man. I don't know. So we'll find out. Tonight. We'll find out tonight. Not right now. <laughs> I'm I'm good right now. What is it right now? This moment in time. For second. What is Bitcoin right now? It's like 145 or something. You take it too long. Faster. Fourteen two six zero across exchanges. What is it? Is he right? I'm just looking on uh, Coinbase right here. It's what is Coinbase? Fifteen thousand one seventy five. All right, so fifteen thousand. So when it gets to twenty, I got a list of people. I'm gonna gonna I'm gonna resign from a couple of organizations, and I got a list of people who can do a couple <laughs> things for me. When it gets to twenty thousand, I'm telling you, you, you right got to be careful about the promises you make, man. I know people that promised to like marry their girlfriend when Bitcoin got to twenty thousand. They got it got <laughs> yeah. real close last not, week. They I'm, got real scared. I'm not marrying anyone. I'm, I'm just saying, Mike. You know, if these these promises will come up on you real quick here. You may I, not be I ready. Believe, I believe in prenuptial. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. You might have to call some people up tomorrow when it hits twenty thousand. You may not be ready to make that phone call. I'm just saying. You know, I'm holding you. I'm trying to hold you accountable here. All right. Also, the Huff Post says concealed carry is going to be catastrophic for this country this nation they're saying you know oh no you cannot pass concealed carry reciprocity because it's going to be terrible because of domestic violence also because of stalking so you know what let me bring into the conversation edwin walker with texas and u.s law shield because i need to understand stalking and how does that affect the concealed carry reciprocity bill you know because i thought there were stalking laws in every single state. So, and by the way, our phone number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483, which translates to 512-643-LIVE. Come and talk. So let's go to the phone lines. Edwin Walker with, Come and, with um, Texas and U.S. Law Show. Edwin, welcome to Come and Talk, sir. Hello, Mike. How are you? Thanks for having me. Outstanding, sir. So, you know, Edwin, the HuffPost says that, hey, the GOP's latest bill would be catastrophic for women fleeing abuse. Yes. It's hard to describe. uh, It's hard to describe what uh, what a more disingenuous piece of journalism would look like than that particular article. Um, it's just ridiculous uh, how there is there, there was literally nothing in that article that was true. 
And that's one of the overall problems that we always see is that these these folks who write these articles and, and anti-gun folks in general, uh, their their number one tool that they use is uh, is mischaracterizations or just outright lies about pretty much everything in the uh, pro-gun uh, sphere. Uh, everything from, of course, mischaracterizing semi-automatic rifles as assault weapons, uh, talking about you know who isn't prohibited, attempting to get people prohibited without the uh, without the protections of due process, and this article is no different. It's just it's just very odd that the media, uh, who seems uh, to have as their uh, as one of their um, as one of their primary focuses the calling out of people who say misstatements. Uh, and people who lie. I mean, they, they do that, of course, with Republicans constantly. But the folks on the anti-gun side who make these statements, they never, ever get called out for these lies or misstatements. And so uh, the truth is, is that if somebody is a stalker, um, which means that they have been convicted of stalking or they have gotten uh, a protective order issued against them for stalking, they are prohibited under federal law from obtaining or possessing a firearm, and every state in their qualifications for getting a license to carry in their state uh, say that you must be able to lawfully obtain a firearm under federal law. And so it would be impossible for the situation that is described in the article to have happened. And see, the article says a potential nightmare situation for victims of domestic violence is brewing in the U.S. House which is expected to vote this week on a bill. And actually, just so people know, that it's already passed the House. So it actually yes. passed the House uh, Concealed Care Reciprocity. And what that does is that means that if you have a handgun license from a state, you will be able to carry in every state in the United States. And so what they're saying is the fact that a person who can't get a handgun license in their state, like California... They can actually cross over into another state, get a license there, and then they can go and commit a crime in their state. And they're forgetting, and they're forgetting the point that you're committing a crime. If you commit a crime, you murder someone. You, uh, you know, commit aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery, uh, or something of that nature. Then you're committing a crime. You're going to be prosecuted. It doesn't matter what state you're in. That's correct. And keep in mind that all this does is it recognizes the ability to carry. It doesn't grant anybody who is a resident of a state any right, any greater right to obtain a license or carry in that state than already exists. And so, you know, their argument is, uh, oh, somebody who's prohibiting California will be able to go to Arizona and get a license and come back to California. And that's just simply not true. If California law still prohibits you from carrying, then you will not be able to carry in California. And so, um, you know, basically this just – all this does is it provides a minimum level, it provides a minimum floor uh, to which licenses will be recognized universally throughout the United States. But it does not increase or does not subrogate laws that, uh, that, that prohibit – uh, from you know, prohibit specific people from carrying or prohibit certain areas where carrying is not allowed. For example, uh, as you know, Texas allows the carrying of a handgun by a license holder in their capital. Uh, well, both Oklahoma and Louisiana specifically prohibit carrying license holders carrying handguns in their capitals. 
So this does not mean that a Texas license holder will be able to go to either Oklahoma or Louisiana and carry in the Oklahoma or Louisiana Capitol buildings. Uh, that would still be a crime. And so, uh, so they're really, you know, they're really attempting to fabricate uh, a, a straw man here. And um, and like I said, it really holds no water whatsoever. All right. So here they say that some states offer significantly more protections to victims of domestic abuse, dating, violence, and stalking than others. In 28 states, for example, individuals convicted of stalking are not allowed to carry in public. But as every town for gun safety, Council Courtney Zell explained to HuffPost, under concealed carry reciprocity, a stalker in one of those states could obtain a permit from Florida, which does not prohibit stalkers and issues permits to non-residents through the mail. What What are your response to that, Edwin? Well, it, it, it's just simply it's just simply not true. I mean, that that's not going to happen under the bill as it's written, as I read it. That that's 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 just simply not a possibility. Uh, and the fact is, is that stalking is prohibited. And 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 whenever we talk about stalking, keep in mind, stalking is actually very very. It's a very difficult law to create. It's a very difficult law to enforce. In fact, the Texas stalking law. Um, which is uh, Section 42072, for any of those who want to look it up, Texas Penal Code, uh, has actually had portions of it declared unconstitutional uh, a couple of different times. Uh, because keep in mind, uh, these laws are so broad, and they write them in such a manner that you're necessarily going to capture, you know, non-prohibited protected conduct under it. Yeah, because um, if you actually say, you say something to someone on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter – uh, and you continue to reply to their post, that can be considered stalking. Yes, and also um, har- the harassment statute and the stalking statute kind of go hand in hand. And like I said, if you're asking my opinion as a as a as a criminal defense lawyer, I think that they're pretty that they're they're undo that they're unconstitutionally broad and vague. Uh, however, uh, there are portions of them that have been upheld as valid. And you're right, you know. It, it, it's so easy to prosecute and convict somebody under these statutes that if there is an individual who truly is in fear of being harmed by one of their former intimate partners, uh, these statutes, much like all the other statutes that exist in every other state, uh, provide them a significant amount of protection. Now, of course, taking the extreme, um, in, basically in line with what how you opened up this conversation – that unfortunately, if there is a former intimate partner who has uh, who has their you know, unmitigated desire to inflict harm on their uh, you know on their intended victim, it doesn't matter what law exists, uh, they're going to do it. And the law, of course, is designed to punish people because um, that's what criminal laws do. They punish criminal conduct, uh, and so. You know, it's unfortunate the person winds up harmed, but, you know, it was against the law. They will be punished, and there's no number of laws that exist out there that would have prevented that. And usually when someone stalks someone, that's usually someone they're intimate with for the most part. Well, true. Um, that's the, Those are the ones that are, you know, obviously those are the ones that get most of the, you know, that we read about, that, that um, you know, that get most of the attention, and certainly the ones that are – uh, the focus of these 
particular laws, um, including the federal law that says that you know somebody under a protective order can't legally possess a firearm or purchase a firearm. It's somebody, of course, who's been convicted of a crime of, uh, or somebody's been convicted of a crime of domestic violence. Domestic violence can only happen to people who have uh, uh, who have been related to each other or who have lived together. And so, yeah, they, these are specialized laws that aren't. You know that that are based to uh, that are that are for the purposes of addressing this particular circumstance. Uh, of course, you know you can't have stalkers that you're not related to. You know, if somebody's unrequited love to say, you know, see a girl at work every day and she won't give him the time of day, and he, you know, you have stalking that way. So it doesn't have to be an intimate partner. But again, that's covered by uh, pretty much every state has these laws. Okay, and then uh, in most states, stalking laws pertain to the relatively new crime involving a clear pattern of conduct in which the offender follows, harasses, or threatens another person, putting that person in fear of his or her safety. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And it's only new, I guess, if you look at you know crimes, you know crimes in in the most broad sense of the word. Obviously, uh, murder, theft, rape, arson; those have been crimes forever and ever and ever. And so it is relatively new with regard to that. But the Texas stalking law has been around for over 20 years. So, you know, I mean, if you look at if you, if you, if you look at that, that, I don't consider a law that's 20 years old relatively new. Right. And then and, and they're quoting in this article, the HuffPost article, that in Florida, well, if you've been, you know, if you're stalking someone, you can go to Florida and get your license and carry another state. Well, just so people know that as of August, you know, as of October the 1st, 2012 in Florida, a person who willfully, maliciously, and repeatedly follows, harasses, or cyberstalks another person, commits the offense of stalking, and misdemeanor of the first degree in Florida statute, you cannot get a handgun license in the state of Florida. So they're just outright lying in this article by HuffPost. That's correct. They're, um, they're, they're it's, not really even, it's not even stretching the truth. They're just outright lying. That was what was so astounding with this article, and I can't believe that they haven't issued any corrections or retractions or anything else, because there was not, there was nothing substantive in that article that was true. It was just a collection <laughs> of lies. It really was. It's it's amazing, and then people they run with this stuff, you know. And also in Florida, it says that a person who willfully, maliciously, and repeatedly <clears throat> follows, harasses, or cyberstalks another person and makes a credible threat to a, to that person, commits the offense of aggravated stalking, a felony in the third degree. If you're convicted of a felony, you cannot even purchase a firearm. Yes. And also, <laughs> you know, their, their article seems to be based on the premise that somebody, somebody lives in a state that doesn't have a stalking law that is up to – you know, up to their standards, and they move to another state, which does have a good stalking law, to escape their stalker, and then the stalker comes there and stalks them. But, of course, as soon as they stalk them in the new state, they're a stalker under that state law. Hilarious. And they will be prosecuted as such. All right, so we're talking to Edwin Walker, the principal attorney for Texas and U.S. Law Show. We're talking about, believe it or not, we're talking about the conciliatory uh, reciprocity bill that's going to Actually, that's going before Congress right now, and hopefully that passes. We're talking about the HuffPost article where they're talking about this catastrophic. We're also talking about Pornstar, that hunger shelf. We're also talking about should we bake the cake. Also, the, the city of Austin. The city of Austin thinks that they can ban firearms. We're talking about that and also Bitcoin. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. 
Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. You have made the right choice. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So Donald has a question for us. Donald says uh, we should talk about a particular subject. You know what, Donald? No, you call in and you talk about that subject yourself. Our call in number is 512-643-5483. You know, because you know what? I have Jesus in my life today. So I'm not going there unless you bring it up, Donald. All right. We're talking about porn stars instead. That's a distinguished (laughs) name, Donald. (laughs) It is. It really well, is. Who else has? Oh, yeah, the, the president. The president, the president has, has a name. That's Such a distinguished a name, name, Donald. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Stephen Chomley has a question. Stephen, uh, Stephen says um, that, uh, let's see. He says uh, Carrera. He's talking about Carrera. Who's that? Carrera is a, is a porn star, right? He says that Carrera is actually attending college with her daughter, who's like 11 years old. And, you know, and that's amazing. She's 11. I'm just wondering if Carrera knows who the, who the father of the daughter is. Oof. <laughs> one one would assume I, that is a double story, isn't it? Eleven years old and going to college. Eleven. That's amazing. That's pretty good. That's actually amazing. I mean, at least there might be a tax record of who it could be. Yeah, she uh, Carrera won a national merit scholarship for scoring over fourteen forty on the SAT, Whoa. as well as a Garden State uh, scholarship for her grades. She attended Rutgers University on full acad- uh, academic scholarship, uh, where she majored in Japanese and business, but did not graduate. Carrera is a member of the Mensa. What is that? Oh, yeah, that's that genius society. But it's still impressive if you're like 10 years old and a member. Oh, that's now, very what's impressive. What's not impressive is when you're 40 years old and a member. Well, you know. <laughs> you know. But uh, people have a lot of pride in being a part of Mensa. There's probably someone listening right now that's very upset that, uh, that their distinguished uh, group was denigrated on Come and Take It. But look, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, being members of like a vague society of like smart people, that's uh, that's an excuse to be lazy. You know, no one, no one who's actually smart and doing anything in life has time to be a part of a, a general purpose smart people club. Mm. OK, they're busy being smart. <laughs> <laughs> and you could you can argue, in fact, that that smart or intelligence really is nothing other than that intelligence applied and without its application. That's uh, mental masturbation. All right, yeah, so, those people are busy doing smart people stuff. <laughs> and, and so Donald says, shoot me the number one more time. Okay, Donald, <laughs> Donald, the number is, write this down, 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483. I'm just, I'm interested in what you have to say, Donald. <laughs> All right, so we're talking with uh, Edwin Walker. He's a principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Shield, and we're talking about the HuffPost article. Uh, there's a lot going on with HuffPost. They're talking about the concealed carry reciprocity bill and how the fact it's going to be catastrophic for this country. They're saying that, hey, in another example, Edwin, an abuser who is convicted of sexual assaulting his girlfriend cannot currently legally carry a concealed firearm in Massachusetts. But under this bill... He could obtain a permit from nearby New Hampshire, which issues permits to non-residents and does not consider that offense prohibitory and carry his firearm back into his own home state. What are your thoughts about that, Edwin? 
I, I'm not specifically familiar with the laws of Massachusetts or New Hampshire with regard to this, but I believe that a conviction for sexually assaulting, I am unaware <laughs> of any crime in the United States where sexual assault is not a felony. Right. And so, therefore, they would not be able to get a license to <laughs> carry They wouldn't even be able to purchase a firearm, let alone get a handgun license. It, this That's article correct. is just its amazing to me. It's just a blatant lie. And it's not it. even it, the, the author of the article. I don't even know who the author is. We'll, we'll look Melissa, up the author. On Melissa Twitter. Jeltsen. Let's look up the author while you're, she's, while you're she's talking. She's just a liar. Time. We should look up some of the other things she's uh, talked about. Melissa, it's M E L I S S A. Her last name is J-E-L-T-S-E-N. Right, coming for you, Melissa. Yeah, we're coming for you, right, Not to interrupt. Dave. Right. Yeah, and the thing about it is what's really disturbing is that, um, you know, and of course I don't know if this 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 uh, uh, journalist, and I'm using my air quotes, <laughs> uh, bothered to look up, you know, bothered, you know, whether or not all of her quotes are fabricated. But, I mean, she, you know, obviously she, she quoted some uh, people who have political interest in this. But, you know, they, they, she, she supposedly quotes and or consulted with people who are legitimate professionals and attorneys. So I don't know if they, you know, I don't know if they called her out. I don't know if they corrected her. I don't know if they agree with this. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, this, this article is so rife with errors that it is um, – it's, it's not surprising that, of course, it was carried by the Huffington Post – uh, but it is surprising um, that they haven't, you know, nobody's nobody's offered any corrections or retractions. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. It's just an outright lie about what the Concealed Care Reciprocity Bill does. You know, it, it, we're talking license holders. We're talking about people that have been vetted, you know, and then they're trying to compare a driver's license to this, the concealed handgun license. And that really doesn't compare because a driver's license, you're not getting the FBI background check when it comes to a driver's license. And you're talking about, you know, crossing over to another state. If you commit a crime, when you cross over to another state, even though that state laws may be more strict, if you cross over into that state and you commit a crime, you're going to lose your rights. That's correct. The only the only similarity that this that this legislation has to driver's license is the fact that um, you know it's a license issued by a government that is recognized by another state government, and that's it. the The requirements for getting one, the vetting for getting one, uh, the other laws that affect uh, whether or not you can possess or or, uh, or purchase a firearm are are in play. And so, you know, other than the fact that they're both licenses. And states issue them, and other states recognize them. Uh, the a uh, handgun license has no similarity to a driver's license. Absolutely. All right, uh, and and then the Austin City Council, Edwin. So Austin City Council thinks that they can come up with, um, they can actually ban bump stocks. Now, before we, before we, I, I want to think about this, okay? Because bump stocks, that's not a firearm. So since it's not a firearm. As a city and municipality, can they actually ban bump stocks and make it a class? The best they can do is make it a class C misdemeanor. That's correct. The best they can do is make it a class C misdemeanor. And also, I think that there's some, you know, I think that there's some other issues with regard. I, I certainly think that it violates the spirit of the state preemption law. And, um, you know, as an accessory, it would be the same as if them saying, uh, oh, we can have our own magazine capacity statute. 
And so you can't come in to, uh, you know, you can't bring a 10-round a, a magazine in the city limits of Austin. Uh, I do not think that that would comport with the preemption statute, and I don't think this bump stock legislation comports with the preemption statute either. So you think if they came up with a magazine capacity, you think it wouldn't stick, or would it stick I until the until leg- the uh, our legislatures went into session? I, I do not think that it would stick. I don't think it would stick at all. I think that it's too uh, closely associated, you know, with a firearm that uh, that I don't. I don't think that, that that it would be enforceable. When we're saying stick, do we mean stick in the Texas courts or stick in the Texas Correct. Supreme Court? Stick as in then be enforceable. Yeah. Is now I'm not aware. I'm, I'm aware of how poorly the federal courts have treated our Second Amendment and preemption and stuff. But uh, the Texas Supreme Court, I assume, is better on these issues. Well, it's the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals. They have the ultimate jurisdiction over the enforcement of criminal statutes. And, you know, that's a little touchy because I know a lot of people argue, uh, well, Texas State Constitution, you know, Article 1, Section 23, it it protects us. And uh, the – the Texas courts have generally held that it has the same limitations as the Second Amendment. Okay. Um, a lot of people say, well, you know, 4602 is unconstitutional. It violates the you know, Texas Constitution, in which there have been several cases that have held that it does not. Uh, but I don't think – so I don't think you're getting any recourse under Article 1, Section 23. However, I think you are getting recourse under the Texas preemption statute. Yeah, so if they were smart, then they probably would try it. They probably would, you know, try to ban either not necessarily magazines, but just ban the bump stock. No, I, I, I definitely think. I mean, if there's going to be some sort of limitation on a firearm, it's going to come from Austin, mm. either Austin or one of those uh, towns up in North Texas. I tell you what, Dallas Fort Worth is surrounded by these uh, little burbs that uh, mm. that are just tripping over themselves to tell other people how to live their lives. All right, so we're so talking. It with, so, it wouldn't, so it wouldn't surprise me if one of those towns, you know, not calling out anybody specifically, but <laughs> geez, there's you know, there's there's two dozen towns that surround that metroplex that uh, that all seem to want to have restrictions on people's lives up there. All right, we're talking to Edwin Walker, Texas with U.S. Law Shield. We're talking about the Concealed Carry Reciprocity Bill. We're talking about Austin banning firearms and bump stocks. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Right, I'd like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I tell you, it's a beautiful day. There's not a cloud in the sky. It's beautiful. We had some snow this week. No, I'm sorry. We had a blizzard in Austin. Seriously. Snow apocalypse. It was a blizzard. Because I was actually on my way to Texas State. I had to go go talk to the uh, young conservatives of Texas State. And I had to drive in a blizzard to get there. It was just crazy. It was amazing. It was like five, six inches of snow. And everyone's going 30 miles an hour on 35. It was just insane. You know, everyone's texting me, oh, my God, there's snow in Austin. There's snow in Austin. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm on 35. Took me an hour to get home. Did it really? People just were mystified by the snow. I don't know. I hadn't, you know, the roads were fine. How did you build a snowman? (laughs) 
They did it at Texas State. They, 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 they built a snowman, and I was able to take a picture in front of one. And did they sing you the song? No. What's the song? Do you want to build a snowman? No, they didn't sing me the song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually glad they didn't sing the song. No, but it was just, it was amazing. You know, in Austin, San Marcos, New Braunfels, Buda, there was snow, a lot of snow in South Austin. A lot of snow. It was actually amazing. It was beautiful. And we're getting close to the Christmas. It's beautiful. All right, so we're talking with Edwin Walker with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. We're talking about the HuffPost article that says that the GOP's latest gun bill will be catastrophic for women fleeing abuse. We're also talking about the Austin, the city of Austin. Uh, They actually want to come up with some type of restrictions of firearms. They're talking about banning bump stocks and some other things. But we already know that the city cannot come up with more strict rules when it comes to firearms. So we know that. But my question is, what about a magazine? What about bump stocks, which is which are not firearms? So and that's what we're asking Edwin Walker about. And, and people are interested in that I got comments coming in online. Hold on. You know, can the city of Austin actually ban bump stocks? You know, and how would that stand up in court? So let me ask Edwin to explain that to us one more time. Okay. Well, like I said, I think that it would violate the Texas preemption statute, uh, which you know says that local governments uh, can't make any regulations whenever it comes to firearms. And I think that I think that you could make an argument that certainly a you know, I I know a magazine is definitely considered a firearm, and I think that a bump stock. Uh, would fall into that category as well. And so in the event that there was a law passed and in the event that it was uh, prosecuted, which means that you would have to have somebody who's actually Mm -hmm. charged and arrested and prosecuted, uh, I do not think that it would hold up. In fact, uh, this is very similar, I believe, to a San Antonio regulation. San Antonio says that you cannot carry long guns in the city of San Antonio if they are loaded. And, um, And the city of San Antonio they, they, on occasion, have continued to try to enforce this, but yet any time somebody contests this statute and takes it to court, uh, they always dismiss the case. And I think <laughs> the reason they dismiss the case is because they don't want it to uh, – they don't want their stat- – they still want to keep their statute as a threat. They don't want it thrown out as being unenforceable because jurisdictional-wise, you have to have standing, which means that a city can pass – the most bizarre unconstitutional statute that they want, uh, but unless they're actually trying to enforce it against somebody, um, in this case, you know, it's, it would be banned by the preemption statute. Unless they're trying to enforce it against somebody, nobody would have standing to have that statute thrown out. So it just sits there on the books until somebody, you know, so they can threaten people with it. As long as they don't enforce it, then, you know, it's never going to get before a court that would overturn it. This is why. Incidentally, I had to be the defense distributor, had to be the group to sue the U.S. State Department. On this. And you know, by the way, Edwin, this is um, um, Cody Wilson with Defense Distributed. Hey, man, how you Sitting doing? in the studio with us. Howdy. Um, and this is, this is basically why we had to go sue on the ITAR, because the ITAR, though it's on the books and that the State Department considers that all, all gun stuff on the Internet is theirs to regulate, they had never brought an enforcement action that way before. And we were, we were the first people they ever brought enforcement action against. And probably you know, one of the only people they'd bring one against in a long time. So, you know, standing's the issue. And we, we felt like we had to be the people to go and sue. And it's been, you know, three, three coming up on four years now. But at some point, you know, that's, that's the big problem. They, these people can go past all kinds of arcane, abstract stuff anytime they want at any level. 
and then it has to be it has to come down to somebody's head, and that guy has to be the guy if you ever want to knock it out. Hmm. That's true. Uh, no, no, he, you know he's he's exactly right, and that's like I said, that's that's where I think that the problem would be uh, is that they would have it, they'd be able to beat their chest about. You know, we look out, you know, we protect the safety of our citizens, blah, 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 you know, all the other, um, you know, all the other kind of uh, 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 rhetoric that they like to throw around. Um, but you know, until somebody actually gets charged with it, until they actually get convicted of it and they're able to appeal it and appeal it on the basis that um, that the court didn't have jurisdiction to enforce it because it violated the Texas preemption statute, you know, then they're going to, you know, they're going to be able to have it. Uh, that's why I'm kind of surprised that the city of Austin hasn't already sought mm-hmm. to uh, place you know, certain regulations uh, on weapons that are sold. I mean, that, that really seems like something that would really been up their alley to do. What do you mean? So Explain you that may, to me. You may, huh? Explain that to me. Well, I mean, we know how the, you know, nobody knows how bad the city of Austin is, you know, more than yourself. Right. Uh, and we know that um, you know they're going to do whatever they believe is in their own self-interest and to promote their own liberal values. Okay, and so um, so that's why it doesn't surprise me that they haven't already done something like this. So the fact that they're considering it now certainly doesn't surprise me. Okay, gotcha. Okay, all right. So we'll see what they do if they if they really are you know really fighting for their cause, then they'll actually go forward with this and actually do it. Yeah, I believe so. And like I said, they'll like they'll, they'll be able to beat their chest, and they'll be able to say how you know how they're such a safe city, and you know we're we're taking a stand against quote unquote gun violence. But until they actually get around to enforcing it against somebody, uh, there's no threat that um, you know that a court will step in and, and declare their action to be in violation of the Texas preemption statute. All right, so we're calling the city of Austin out. We're saying, hey, you know, city of Austin, if you you know if if you're you know, man and woman enough, then you'll actually create this law and actually will prosecute someone for actually doing this and and see where we go from there. Yeah, you know, and, um, you know, I don't know, maybe somebody who owns a gun store that sells a lot of bump stocks um, put themselves out there to be arrested and prosecuted. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be the first <laughs> one to walk. If the city of Austin bans them, I'll be the first one to walk down the street carrying one and see exactly what they'll do. Hey, yes, we'll support you in that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then Then someone has another question, uh, Edwin. Uh, the next question is this. Um, when it comes to knives, they're talking about knives where a knife is over five and one-half inches. They're saying that, uh-huh. okay, under 46.035, if you can, you know, you can't have a knife in any of those places on 46.035 where the length of the blade is over five and a half inches, what if you had a handgun license and you're carrying a handgun Legally, can you have that knife for the blade is over five and a half inches? Well, that's very interesting uh, because the, the the knives are not regulated under forty six zero three five. They're regulated under forty six zero three. They happen to create a paragraph of forty six zero three where they took all the prohibitions that are listed in forty six zero three five and put them into forty six zero three. So now forty six zero three says you can't carry a location restricted knife. In the 4603 places, you know, schools, courts, racetracks, professional sporting events, but then you also can't carry them in the previously uh, in the in the places that they grafted over from 46035. And so the license um, exception, the license non applicability uh, in, in 46.15, code, 
Right, 46.15 section uh, B, subsection 6, uh, only applies to the enforcement of 4602. It doesn't apply to the enforcement of 4603. Ooh. So that means they can prohibit you then, and there is no exception. Correct. There is no exception. Okay. So if you have, and a- that's why you know, and that, that's why it's so strange. Um, and I think this may have been an unintended consequence of the legislature. But if you take, say, the four places that are uh, only prohibited if you give notice, prohibited to handgun carry, um, those places, of course, being um, you know churches. Amusement parks, places of religious worship. Um, if you take nursing homes, if you take the hospitals, nursing homes, if you take those places, uh, not enforceable against the license holder if they have not posted a sign. However, it is strictly enforceable against somebody who takes a location restricted knife. So, license holder can take in their handgun into a church, no crime. Uh, license holder takes a location restricted knife into a church, that's a crime. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Well, that, that's, that was a great question then that someone has because I actually didn't know the answer to that question myself. Um, on the 46.035, you know, which are the places that you cannot take a knife for the length of the blade is over five and a half inches, uh, there is no exception for you if you have a handgun license and carry a handgun. Okay. So that was a very good that's question. Correct. All right. So we're talking with Edwin Walker with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. We're talking about the concealed carry reciprocity bill. We're talking about yeah, the Huff Post says it's catastrophic. We're also talking about the city of Austin who wants to ban uh, certain type of firearms. They want to ban bump stocks. And we're talking about Bitcoin. So what is that total of Bitcoin right now, this moment in time? About 15 grand. 15 grand. Kind of hanging getting, out there. They're hanging oh, 15, out 15.5. All oh, right. Wow. So we're getting close to that $20,000 mark. It's going up. It's going up. This is Michael Cargill. And you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Catch up on the latest headlines anytime at Talk1370.com. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. What's wrong? You don't like my song selection there? No, just what happened to the Christmas music. That is Christmas music. What are they saying? It's in Spanish. I don't know Spanish. <laughs> it's too high pitched. I can't even make it out. Is it? It sounds it like out. chipmunks. I, yeah. I actually grew up with this song in uh, Florida. I grew up in uh, <laughs> South Florida, and this was a very popular song on the radio in South Florida. So, so it, we they play it every holiday season. It's it's awesome. I love this it. This is Texas. It's- all right, so our call in number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk. Let's go to line one in Georgia. What do you got for us all the way in the state of Georgia, the Peach State? Hi, Michael. Uh, we actually talked the other day. As a matter of fact, you and I took a walk to the convention on Friday. Hey, what's going on? I know that voice. That's right. Well, so the the quick uh, the quick and dirty is... As an out-of-state resident, you know, I, I don't live in Texas, not yet at least. If I wanted to become more involved in local politics, specifically in Second Amendment-related politics, where would I begin? 
Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Say that one more time. If I wanted to become more of an advocate and an activist in the Austin area, where would I begin? You would begin with uh, Lone Star Gun Rights. That's where I'll tell you to start at. Lone Star Gun Rights. They will definitely um, – they're a great organization. They're grassroots, and they believe in constitutional carry and a lot of other things. So that's the place to start at. And also you can start there, and then you can go to um, Texas for Accountable Government. That's another great organization. Um, so with Texas for Accountable Government, we believe in, you know, working across all party lines to it, – it's all about liberty. It's all about equality. So, you know, Texas for Accountable Government, that's the way to go as well. And tell – you know what? You, had a, you actually had an incident that happened this week because you were in town from Georgia um, at the Austin Convention Center. And so tell everyone exactly what happened with that briefly. So, you know, as you as I've talked to you specifically about this, um, I came in for a convention. I came out on Tuesday. And when I came in, uh, I'd done some research while I was here in Georgia before driving to Texas to make sure I was going to be in compliance with law. And there was nothing online about uh, the convention center being banned for carry, et cetera. There was a lot about it being owned by the city. So when I came in on Tuesday, I walked to the front door. There was a 30-07 sign posted at the door. I thought, okay, I'm not open carry. Walked through the door and found myself staring at a 30-06 sign. So I inquired about how I could make a complaint about it. You know, returned, the, uh, the, returned my firearm to my vehicle, and uh, I had to go to the airport to pick somebody up. Came back an hour, two hours later, and I was detained at uh, the convention I was attending. Hmm. Okay, so and so you did leave, you did put the gun in your vehicle, but they detained you. What did they do when they detained you? Uh, the sheriff's deputy actually did a full full frisk in front of uh, other convention attendees. Uh, they detained me for about twenty minutes. Uh, the sheriff's deputy actually got. Did, did they handcuff you? The event manager. Did they handcuff you? They did not handcuff me. Okay. They did not handcuff me. The uh, the, the sheriff's deputy tried to get the. Uh, I guess the center manager or the security manager or something like that. <coughs> they issue a criminal trespass warning against me. Okay. They declined. And since then, I've been just a little bit more on the activist and advocacy side of things. Right. And so since they declined to give you to issue a trespassing warning, then, you know, you were able to stay at the convention for the event that you were in town for. Correct. Okay. And so... What did you know? So, what happened after that? So, after that, I went to the sheriff's department and to the office of police monitor. I filed some complaints and I got a phone call from the convention center talking about 30 out six signs. Uh, the gentleman that called me was uh, polite all the way up until the point where he heard that I'd filed a complaint, <laughs> at which point our conversation ended abruptly. Right. Yeah, that's usually how that works. And they find out you're actually going to take other action. And they're like, whoa, okay, we're done here. Because uh, they, they, well, that's the Austin Convention Center. And I don't think, honestly, I don't think they can actually legally post a 30.06 or 30.07 sign. Now, where it changes a little bit is if, you know, depends on if they're controlling access. But they really weren't controlling access to it. Right? Well, as you saw, you were able to walk through the convention center with me on right. Friday. And right. nobody, nobody stopped you, nobody searched you, nobody did anything. So. Right, because I decided to, you know, because you brought this to my attention. So I went to the convention center to see actually what was going on. And we were able to walk in and, you know, we came in, they all skirted. You know, it was like, you know, 
turned on the light. You know, roaches ran. <laughs> it's actually, yeah, it was, it was it actually was pretty fun. Really entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, okay. So yeah, we're gonna take a look into that, and um, probably I'm gonna get with you, send some information to you. I need you to send me that email. So that way I can send you something so you can actually file a formal complaint so we can serve them notice at the Austin you know, Convention Center, uh, give them some notice, and then get the Texas Attorney General to take this, this situation up. Um, and, but Edwin, I got a question for you. Edwin Walker with Texas and U.S. Law Show. Edwin, sure. could he, as a private citizen, actually file a civil suit because of that particular situation? Or is that something we just have to... You know, take up with the Texas Attorney General and let the Texas Attorney General handle that. Yeah, that, that's something you'd have to take up with the Attorney General as far as the placement of the sign. Now, I mean, do you mean a civil lawsuit against the Sheriff's Department right. for v- detaining him? For the detainment, yes. Well, I believe that showing damages would be very difficult in that situation because, you know, they detained him, it was an inconvenience. Um, they would argue, and, and it, unfortunately, it's the courts. Um, you can look at, at strings of, of uh, Fifth Circuit cases, which the, fifth, the federal Fifth Circuit uh, has jurisdiction over these Texas acts. If he were to try to sue under one of the federal protections, uh, Section 1983, which protects, uh, which, which is supposedly there to give people remedies for states that violate people's civil rights, um, the standard is very, very, very high. Uh, basically, you have to show that the officer had no constitutional authority to do what he did, and he knew that he had no constitutional authority to do what he did. Uh, and as a result, you know, you suffered damages. And there was, in fact, there was a Fifth Circuit case last year that came out that was particularly egregious. Um, you know, this it, was, it involved a man who was arrested in the parking lot of the school, and it was a firearms case. He was arrested for because uh, he had a gun in his truck. Um, basically, it, it was it was one of the more egregious fact patterns that that you could imagine about you know being stopped and being searched and being detained and being arrested and put in the back of the car and everything else. And uh, he sued because it, it sounded like a great case. Fifth Circuit threw it out, said no, 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 no. A police officer could have. Uh, been justified under this, you know, particular part of the education code. Therefore, uh, he was not acting in an unconstitutional fashion. So, so whenever people talk about suing the government, like you have my, you know, you have my support. I I agree with suing governments whenever you can. But you know, in the as a real practical matter, um, recovery in those situations is very, very, very difficult. All right, and and I'm sorry. What was your first name, caller? Sean. Sean. That's right, Sean. Okay. And any questions about that, Sean? Not at all. I mean, obviously, I'm following up. The, the thing for me is the I believe the detention was retaliatory and kind of meant to, to intimidate uh, because I had talked to one of the deputies earlier trying to find out who to contact to you know, complain about uh, the signs. So, I mean, yeah, and I will, on, you know. Yeah, and I will say that if it was the facility that was doing it, that that absolutely sounds like a violation of 411-209. Uh, but if it was the organizers of the private event that was being held at the facility, there that that area is less clear uh, based upon the attorney general opinion from uh, Erath County. And see, in, Sha- in Sean's not- situation, Edwin, uh, the event organizer refused to give him notice uh, to give him a, Chris, a criminal trespass notice. Right. And, and so basically that, that worked out well. If the event organizer says we don't have a problem, we're not doing it, then, then, um, then he absolutely would not be prohibited. And that's why I was 
it was the call from the city of Austin, the event person who's in charge of the convention center, or was it from the organizer of the private event? That was from the uh, uh, city of Austin, the, the person that's responsible for the event. Yeah, because all uh, their the contact. organizer of the event. I've been in contact with the organizer. Of course, I went and reported it to them. Unfortunately, our community, the, the technical community that I'm part of, I'm sorry, my daughter has just made her way down here. The technical community I'm part of is rather liberal and rather small. Uh-huh. So just the act of the detention is slightly damaging to my career. Right. Uh, it doesn't help that I was there on business. I was uh, wearing identification that associated my company with me. And this was done outside the actual event space in the general hallway space in plain sight of everybody. Hmm. And I tell you, if, huh. you, if you want us to do something about that, um, uh, I would definitely go to Texas for Accountable Government's website um, and, you know, donate some money to the cause. And, you know, we can actually, you know, we'll definitely help you with that fight as well. Um, and see, I mean, see what you know, you like I said, like I told on Friday, I'm not in this because, you know, I want this or I want that. Right. I'm in it now because quite simply put, I don't intimidate. It was embarrassing. When somebody confronts me, I don't, you know, well, and I don't intimidate. So the second that, you know, they escalated, I had to escalate by following up legally. So. Okay. But I most certainly appreciate you. your gentleman's time, and I need to take care of a three-year-old. So. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Sean. Appreciate that. And thank, and thank you all from calling in all the way from the Peach State. You know, we love Georgia. Well, my parents, my, my, my parents live in Snellville. So. <laughs> I can't believe that the Austin Convention Center hasn't been complained about already. Yeah, that's one. I think, Edwin, that's one that we actually missed. So, and I was actually pretty shocked myself. You know, I was like, whoa, okay, the Convention Center. Okay, whoa. And so yeah, now they're... they're yeah, they're they're absolutely uh, prohibited from from uh, from prohibiting you know license holders you know not just like you know not just Texas license holders but any license holder. Right. Uh, if you're allowed you know if you're allowed to carry due to Texas's recognition of your out of state license, then you know all the laws and protections apply to you as well. So he should not have been uh, excluded from the Austin Convention Center. Absolutely. Man, thank you, Edwin. I really appreciate it. You always come through like you always do. Uh, Thank you for taking the time out of your business schedule on this Sunday. Um, Go Army. I'm glad they beat Navy. Uh, I hope you're rooting for the Army team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I I always root for the (laughs) underdog. Yeah, I always root for the underdog, and uh, you know they're they're really lagging behind the other two in that uh, commander in chief trophy. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, especially since the Russians endorsed the Navy, so we knew the Army was going to win. <laughs> just putting it out yeah. there like that. Hey, thank you, Edwin. Appreciate you calling in today. Yeah, and did you? I just uh, did you happen to catch that uh, rendition of the national anthem by the Joint Glee Clubs? No, I didn't. Oh, it was beautiful. It's online everywhere, but yeah, the entire you know naval. Uh, midshipmen and uh, Army uh, Academy um, glee clubs uh, sang the national anthem before the football game, and it's it's really gotten a lot of attention for uh, how beautiful it was. All right, we'll have to catch that. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.